Thanks for listening to the Mercy Church Podcast. If you're in the area, we want to invite you to join us the last weekend in March as we celebrate Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Good Friday services will be at 6 p.m. on Friday evening. And then on Sunday morning, we invite you to join us for a time of worship, a message, and baptisms. Bring your friends, your family, and if you feel so led, invite your coworker, cashier, or barista to join you. Services will be held at regular service times at all campuses. To learn more, visit mercycharlotte.com slash events. Again, that's mercycharlotte.com slash events. Man, it is, uh, it is such an honor to hang out with you guys uh, to be here this morning. Uh, I want to say what's up to Northeast. Hey, Providence, can we say hey to them and praise God for them over there, our brothers and sisters at the Northeast campus? Uh, man, we love you guys. We're excited for y'all uh, as well over there. Um, man, this really is an honor. Uh, you guys have, um, man, God is doing a great work here, and that is known all over the state of North Carolina. Uh, to be asked to come and preach at Mercy is a big honor for me. Um, I do love your pastor, and I know your pastor really well. I met Pastor Spence 15 years ago. Uh, I moved into, uh, we went to go to Southeastern and came to the Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham. And I knew Spence because at that time, 15 years ago, Spence was the number one ping pong player at the Summit Church, okay? <clears throat> and then when I got there, he quickly became the number two ping pong player at uh, the Summit Church. And I would really appreciate it if you guys all told him I said so, okay? So, no, man, it was, uh, it's been great to get to know them. Man, just to hear what God has done. I remember seven years ago when we had a few great leaders from our church. Uh, we had Pastor Spence come and preach at our church. Uh, it took him seven years to return the favor, but when he came and preached at our church, and then, uh, man, we had a few of our greatest uh, leaders in our college ministry stuff jump on board. Some of them were from Charlotte. They moved here. And to see when a few churches open their hands and a launch team like you guys had at Mercy, uh, you know, opens their hands and moves, and then to see what has gone on here and what's happening at Northeast, uh, man, it's just incredible to see what God has done in just a short time. So, man, we love you guys. We're excited for what God is doing here. If you have a copy of Scripture, you can take it out and turn with me. We are going to be in Proverbs chapter 1 today, all right? And uh, I'm going to try to stay high level, 30,000 foot. I want to talk to you about wisdom and foolishness. Maybe a better way to say wisdom and foolishness is by the name of their greatest manifestations, okay? So I want to talk to you about wisdom and foolishness, but I'm going to talk to you a lot today about their greatest manifestations, which are heaven and hell. All right, so that's what we're going to get into today. And here's what I want you guys to see very, uh, you know, try to pop the, the balloon maybe of the traditional uh, view on this kind of right up front, but I think it's important. It's important for us to know right up front that nobody ends up in heaven because they just sort of didn't really want to go to hell. <laughs> That's not the way that it works. You can mark this down. You can write this down. I want to make sure you remember this. Nobody settles for heaven. Wow. Nobody settles for God. Nobody settles for his kingdom. Not wanting to go to hell is not the same thing as wanting to go to heaven. Not wanting the consequences of our foolishness is not the same thing as loving wisdom and loving God's path for us. I am not saying today that there is not a place, all right, for us to talk about hell, man, literal place, worm never dies, gnashing of teeth, uh, lots of regret, fire, flame, literal place, got it, okay? I'm not saying there's not a place for us to try to shake people to eternal realities in talking about hell. Jesus did that, for example, in Matthew chapter 18, when he talked about, man, it's better to cut your arm off and walk into eternity maimed, right, to be in heaven than to be both. I mean, we, we understand there's a, 
there's a waking up of that. But I think there is also this sort of tradition that says, man, we could scare people into heaven. You don't go to heaven because you didn't like something. Heaven is more characterized by what you loved, what you trusted God to make you a lover of. That, that's a little more kind of getting at it. Now, I think there's some place that we can talk about trying to wake up to eternal realities. I was driving through eastern North Carolina one time a few years ago, and I look up, listen, y'all, there's a church named Brimstone Baptist Church. <laughs> they don't play at Brimstone, okay? They've been scaring people into heaven since 1907, all right? They got the thing right on the sign. It says, stop, drop, and roll, don't work in hell. That's true, too, okay? But I'm just saying, like, when you think about it, man, is there, is there a place for that? There's absolutely a place for that. Jesus did some of that. It can wake us up to the consequences. But here's what I want to try to get at today. And this is where so many of us are. I'm going to tell you something. There's man, a lot of young people at Mercy Church, a lot of people off the college campus. I know we're dead middle of summer. I see a ton of young families. This is what a lot of people think. A lot of people think, I love the pathway to hell. I just don't want the destination. That is a cognitive disconnect that you need to get out of your mind. We set what we love as the destination of our heart first. If you are a Siri or if you are a Google Maps, if you are walking the road of foolishness, you have set as the love hell itself. I know that's a hard thing to get our mind around, but that's what we're going to go today. Here's what I want to show you today. This is not about what you're scared of. It's not about what you don't like. Nobody settles for God. Nobody settles for heaven. It's like, well, the lesser of two evils here, you know? It says nobody ever. Here's what I want you to see. Part of wisdom is loving wisdom. You know, when I think about wisdom literature, when I think about the book of Proverbs, for example, think about the things that are in the book of Proverbs. Man, obeying your parents, submitting yourself to authority thinking about the way God thinks about sexuality and saying, man, that is good for humanity. The slow path to wealth, all right? Not, not a, a get-rich-quick kind of scheme. The slow path to wealth. Man, consequences and authority, justice prevailing. When you think about those things, all right, now, the, the exact opposite of riotous living and debauchery and all this stuff, when you think about those things, man, does, that feel, does your heart begin to beat fast? When the book of Proverbs or wisdom literature paints a picture of God's kingdom and life, are you like, man, if it's painting a picture, I want to buy that picture and make it the centerpiece of my home and my life? Or when I begin to talk about obeying parents and slow path the wealth and making sure that you get up and, and work you know, hard during the days so that you have something left over and, and all the stuff that's wisdom, when I begin to talk about that? Are you like, boring? (laughs) Is it like, man, that kind of sounds more like hell. If that's the posture of your heart, that is the path that you're on. Nobody settles for God. If I could, I could show you real quick, if we're going to love heaven, do we love wisdom? Because what is, what is wisdom literature? Wisdom is, is Eden whispering to us. That's what, that's what wisdom literature is. When you think about Proverbs, Song of Solomon, you think about the book of Ecclesiastes, what, what is wisdom literature? Wisdom is a little taste of Christ's reign breaking through to earth. Do you love that? Or are you kind of like, man, I'm just sort of like, man, I'm living for the world, but I don't really want to go to hell. No, no, no. Do you love wisdom? Do you love the destination? Well, here's what we're going to do today. If the answer to that is no, guess what? You're in the same boat as every other person that was not a believer before they were, Okay. There's like a moment before the moment, and there's, there, then there's another moment. Some of us are going to have to do today, you're going to have to trust God and say, I'm going to jump, and I'm going to trust that what you say is good and that you can make me a lover of that. Nobody goes to heaven because they were scared of hell. They go to heaven because they gave their life to Christ, and they trusted God to make them a lover of what is good and virtuous. And that's what we're going to get into today. <clears throat> 
I don't want to show you that from Proverbs chapter 1. Look what it says. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the end of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Now, Proverbs chapter 1 sets up the two paths of life. There is wisdom, there is foolishness. They are destinations for their ultimate manifestation, which is heaven, which is hell. It is the ultimate basking in God's design for humanity and living with him in a glorious kingdom, or it is the constant eating of the fruit of our way of foolishness. And here comes lady wisdom or woman wisdom. She is a character that shows up in the book of Proverbs a couple of times. All right. She comes in Proverbs 8, Proverbs 9. She pops up here and there. Uh, This is not saying, but this is not trying to say that God is a woman. It's not trying to say anything more. What it's saying is that there is a personification of wisdom and that God speaks through her in the book of Proverbs. And what does she say? She says, listen to me as I call out. Wisdom is not whispering where you can't barely hear. Wisdom is shouting to you today. It is shouting to you over all the turmoil at work, over all the turmoil uh, that is going on with getting the kids ready for fall and different camps that we got going on and now and all the stuff that's happening with your home and whatever it is that you're bringing in here, okay? Wisdom is calling out and wisdom is saying, will you listen to me? Because there is a path that every one of us start on. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. I mean, every one of us starts out on this foolish path. And then we hear wisdom, and then we got to decide what we're going to do with wisdom. Look at verse 23. If you turn at my reproof. Now, this is interesting because wisdom, lady wisdom, woman wisdom, is assuming for us today that you have to turn at her reproof, that she's going to say something that is going to create a turning in us. Why? Why? Northeast. Anybody here? Anybody at Northeast? Because all of us are on a way that wisdom is trying to call us away from. And what she says is, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. You know what we say in our culture? This is what we say. We say, God, you make yourself known to me and then maybe I'll turn. That ain't how it works. That's not how it works. You pour your spirit out upon me and I'll empirically verify it and then maybe I'll decide if I want to turn to you. That's not how it works. That's not faith. What, what the Bible says here is, no, 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 I'm going to speak, then you have the opportunity to turn. And when you do, my word will become intimately known to you. And when you do, I will pour my spirit out upon you. One of the first things that we got to grapple with here that's hard, all right? And listen, I know in a church like Mercy, uh, there, I keep wanting to say Mercy Hill, okay? In a church like Mercy, there are those of you here, probably in a room this size and at Northeast, dozens of you today, just in these services, that are like, man, I'm on the fence, I'm coming around, I'm intrigued, I'm charmed, but I'm not changed yet. Like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm leaning in, okay? And, and that's where, if that's where you are, this is one of those hard truths, but I want to shoot it to you straight. What the Bible is saying is, if you're not a believer yet, you are on a path of foolishness that has a destination. And that is, that is true of all of us. There's not anything unique about you in that. We were all there before we weren't there, before we heard wisdom and turned. It's nothing of our own accord that we have done. We have to hear and then turn. But we do have to come to grips with, and this is where this sermon is countercultural, okay? Because what is everything in our culture? What is every movie you've seen in the last 20 years? Certainly every Disney movie that's ever come out in the whole world, all right? What is the whole thing? The truth is inside of you. The inner light, follow your own path to wisdom, okay? 
th- this, is what, this is what comes out of our culture right now. And what, what wisdom is saying is, no, no, when you hear God's voice, he is telling you to turn from the path that you would most naturally be on. How many of you ever heard somebody say, just follow your heart, okay? You heard somebody say that? Here's what you gotta hear today. Just follow your heart is the worst advice in the whole world, all right? And why do I say that? Because if just follow your heart was fine, you don't need to hear Lady Wisdom say a thing. But because we're all on the path of following our heart, like we're all in the inner, inner light, we're all following the inner truth or whatever, that's what our path is. And the Bible says that's the path of foolishness. What we need is to hear and turn. No debate, top 10 movie, all time, Sandlot, okay? Now there could be, you, you know what I'm talking about. There could be a debate of where it is in your top 10. But it's not, a, it's not debatable whether it's top 10. Okay, some of you are like, I see some younger folks in here like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, all right, maybe you've seen The Sandlot. What happens at the very end of the movie Sandlot? You're like, well, maybe I haven't seen it. The movie's like 30 years old. Your fault, not my fault for the spoiler here, okay? So what happens in the movie Sandlot is the very end, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, right? He gets in a conversation with the babe, the great Bambino, Babe Ruth. And what does Babe Ruth tell him? He says, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid, you'll never go wrong. Great movie, terrible life advice, okay? Terrible life advice, why? Because just following our heart, man, will take us right off of a cliff. A cliff. Man, just follow your heart will take us into alcoholism, massive amounts of debt, adultery. Uh, it'll take us into all these things that the book of Proverbs is trying to pull us away from. Lady Wisdom is calling to us and saying, man, don't just follow your heart. Actually, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to trust me with your heart. You're gonna have to trust that what I'm telling you about what is good and virtuous, they, listen, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I hope I can get this across. We're gonna have to trust that God's definition of heaven is actually heaven. And that God's definition of hell is not heaven. Some of us today are like, man, I'm living for the world. I'm living for the party. My life's pretty good. The Bible is characterizing that type of rebellion and foolishness as hell. We think it's heaven. Are we going to trust God? Well, the only way we're going to trust him is if we hear him. That's what it said. Hear and turn. Are we willing to, you know what the sermon's about today? It's about some of us in here deciding. I may not feel like God's definition of heaven is heaven. I may not feel like God's definition of wisdom is wise, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a bet. I'm going to take a dare on God. And that comes from hearing from him, Romans 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. If we are going to turn, it's because we hear and turn. But many of us will hear and slam the door shut. I pray that won't be you today. First Corinthians 2, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. We are going to have to turn. What is natural to us, just follow your heart. We are going to have to trust God with our heart to say your definition of life before you and, and heaven and wisdom is the definition that I will trust. Some of you guys may have, uh, have read the Chronicles of Narnia uh, before, and there's a place in the book, the Chronicles of Narnia, where you end up seeing uh, this uh, character in, in the book, the magician's nephew. His name's Uncle Andrew, okay? And he's a bad, bad character, all right? And what ends up happening is, you know, Aslan, the, the king figure, the God figure in the Chronicles of Narnia, he is singing the worlds into existence and he is wooing the people to himself. The children are hearing his voice and, and then you know some of the interactions that even if you've just seen movies about it or whatever, you know about Uncle Andrew? Uncle Andrew is very modern, he's very scientific and here's what he says. He says, Aslan is only a lion. He is nothing but, everybody's, t- everybody's hearing the voice of Aslan and what's he saying? Aslan can't speak. 
Aslan is just a lion. You know what you learn from, and I think what C.S. Lewis was trying to get us to see, if when you look at Aslan, all you see is a lion, all you're ever gonna hear is a roar. <laughs> if you have already predetermined in your heart, I will wait, and if God pours his spirit out, maybe I'll listen. If God makes his word intimately known, then maybe I'll listen. But what you gotta realize today is, no, 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 there's a bet, there's a dare, there's a jump, it's called faith. When you trust God, you see what he's done for us in the gospel, and we trust that if he has loved us this much to send his son for us, then he must love us enough to give us a real heaven, even if it feels like hell. And what we do is we say, God, I put my heart in your hands, and I trust you. Do you trust that he can speak? Because if not, look what it says. Because you have ignored all my counsel and have none of my reproof, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. I want you to think about everything you've ever heard. Maybe some of you have grown up in church and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you've heard religion from a southern pulpit or a northern, you know, whether it was southern fried or northern steamed, you've heard religion, okay? And what you've heard is the exact opposite of this. You've got to hear this this morning. They will call upon me, and I will not answer. You're like, I didn't think God could do that. He's God. <laughs> he could do whatever he says he's going to do. Why? What's the difference? Why does some call upon and, and some call upon and, and I don't answer? Well, I'm going to tell you why. They will, they will seek me diligently, will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Don't you understand what I'm getting at this morning? You don't end up with God in heaven because you settled for the lesser of two evils. They hated knowledge. They didn't actively choose God. They would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way, and they will have the fill of their own devices. This portion of Scripture shows us what our life is going to be like if we don't take the bet, if we don't take the dare, if we don't jump on God and say, I trust your character more than my feelings. I trust what you say about wisdom in heaven more than what I think about foolishness and its consequences in hell, then we're going to have to end up in this place where we are calling upon God one day in the day of disaster. Who's ever heard this before? There's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. You guys have heard that before? All right. You know what the Bible's saying? The Bible's saying here, man, that some people are going to eat the fruit of the consequences of continually being hooked on pornography and not put it in the light of continuing to say, hey, you know, and they're gonna end up with a broken marriage. They're gonna end up with, man, we kept a bunch of financial stuff in the darkness and years and years and years and years went by and the debt finally crushed us all the way to the ground. They're gonna not heed what the scripture is telling them about the strength of a young man and sleep and being able to lay their work down uh, at work and be able to come home and get eight hours every night and they're gonna end up with health crisis later on. And in that moment, what the Bible's saying is this, in that moment, those type of people are going to turn and they're going to say, God. <laughs> and you know what he's saying? He's saying, man, they're going to say my name, but what they mean is, I want to get out of this jam. See, don't misunderstand me. Nobody likes hell. Nobody wants the consequences of their foolishness. I mean, darkness, worm never dies, literal place, heat, all that kind of, you know, hot, all that. I mean, nobody likes it. It's just that when you ask people there, hey, are you ready to submit and love God? It's like, man, I ain't ready for that. <laughs> that's why C.S. Lewis said actually the ultimate manifestation of foolishness hell itself is locked from the inside you know it's because man I don't, I don't want this I don't want the consequences of my actions but that does not mean that I want you 
And it certainly don't mean that with joy I would get on both knees and put my hands up and lay my rebellion down and say, you are God. You don't settle for God and his kingdom. Just because you're in a jam, you cry out, that's not what the scripture is telling us is actually indicative of true faith. True faith is seeing something about God's character, trusting him with our heart, and then becoming by his spirit through sanctification a lover of what is good. See, some of y'all, some of you guys, I'm telling you, I've been preaching through Proverbs at our church too. Some of you guys have been walking with Jesus for a long time. You're like, this, this is what you're like. You're hearing this today and you're like, man, I don't walk the wise path all the time, but I've walked with Jesus enough to know I love it. I can't wait for the whispers of Eden and Christ's reign breaking through to this earth. I can't wait for his kingdom to come here like it is there. And I don't walk it all the time, and there are certainly times my flesh is pulled against it, and, and that's me too. But some of you are like, man, I love it. Some of you, though, are not there yet because you're not believers yet. And what you're going to have to do today is decide, do I trust God with what he says about wisdom in heaven, or do I do this? Verse 31, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have the fill of their own devices. Now, that's what I was trying to get into at the very intro to this, okay? What we like to do in our culture is we like to say this, man, I want to live like hell, but I want to skate by into heaven, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's so backwards, if you can understand. It's like, why would you choose hell on earth, but say you want heaven for eternity? <laughs> what kind of sense does that make, right? Like, we, we say, I, I want, you know, I just, I've heard this before. You hear people say in the South, they say like, man, I'm trying to get to heaven, all right? I just ain't trying to win any awards, <laughs> all right? Or they'll say like, man, I'm trying to get into heaven, but I'm probably going to smell a little bit like smoke when I get there, or something like that. And what they're trying to get at is, man, I really want to live for this world, but I don't really want to go to hell, and what they don't understand is this, the path you choose will take you to the destination that you desire. That's what we're talking about. That you set the destination to your heart first. Do you love God? Do you love what is good? Do you love what is virtuous? Do you want to get down on both knees and say, this life is about your name, not about my name? Are you able to say, I want to decrease and let you, God, increase in my life? Now, none of us do that perfectly, but is that the desire of your heart? If you zoom out 30,000 feet, you're like, man, that is what I want. Yeah, the definition of that is you're a believer and you have the spirit in you. And if, you, if you're not there yet, then today's the day. You have the day. You have an opportunity to choose. But what you got to see is this. The path that you choose will take you to the destination that you desire. You're setting that first. You know, we are unique. This is cool. In creation, we are kind of unique in this. We get a chance to choose. Not everybody gets a chance to choose. Right? I think about, I think about this. Um, you know, COVID hit a couple years ago. Some of you guys went out, bought workout equipment. You bought ping pong tables. I bought two cows. Okay? So uh, <clears throat> we went and bought two cows, bottle calves, you know, raised them all the way from bottles. Now it's two years later. So we were raising them, you know, to, to you know, for the, well, we, we call them getting raised up to go to freezer camp for my kids. Okay? So they, they know they're going to freezer camp. All right? So, uh, you know, so... Two, two years later, you know, they're at freezer camp. Uh, they say, people are like, did you name them? I'm like, yeah, we named one of them Berg for hamburger. Okay, so his, he was named Berg, yeah. I know, I know. Many of you guys got a heart like my wife. My wife was like, my, so we, this is like, this is, this is fresh. This is like three, <laughs> the meat's fresh too, but this is like, this is like, this is like <laughs> it's really fresh actually, grass fed too. So it's, we're, we're, getting them on, we're getting them on the trailer like three weeks ago. And my wife's got such a tender heart, okay? And, and man, we've been, you know, we've been raising Berg for two years, and man, he's had an awesome life and all that stuff. And she says, she's like, I just hope he's not afraid to be on that trailer, because he's never ridden on a trailer before. 
I was like, babe, he ain't got to take but one ride, okay? <laughs> All right, that's it. There's a destination with the pathway that he, once the, once the door is shut, there's a destination here. And you know what the thing is? He don't really get to choose. Like, man, I put enough pressure on him. I kind of give him enough carrot and a stick, and he gets on the trailer, and I shut the door, and it's a wrap. For us here today, man, there's not enough pressure or carrot in the world. You, you have an opportunity today to choose the destination that you will get on that will take you to the destination, the, the path that you will get on that will take you to the destination that you desire. We don't think about it like that. Some of you are living like hell thinking that you're gonna, that you're gonna wake up one day. Why would you one second into eternity all of a sudden decide to be a lover of what is good and wanna worship and bow your knees to God? Why would people one second into eternity all of a sudden wanna choose heaven when they had every opportunity to here? I know, I know it's hard to understand. People, think to, people always say, they're like, man, who in the world would choose hell? Well, here, here's what I would say. This is what I would say. Man, I see people choose hell every single day. And you do too. Maybe some of you are right now. Even in their life, sometimes they'll call it heaven. It's hell. And you guys ever seen, I don't know if some of you, you ever seen a documentary on Woodstock, 60s and the 70s Woodstock, you know, that whole thing? All right. It's so crazy. So, man, you go back and you watch some of the stuff from Woodstock. And what you end up seeing is, man, what I would look back on, I would characterize it absolutely as hell on earth. Now you say, hell on earth? What do you mean? That's what I mean. I mean, total rebellion. I mean, you know, uh, what, you know the, the, the U.S. government is having to set up um, places for people to detox. Community among friends is being built by, I will help you not overdose today or come down off your overdose so that, you can, so that you'll be there tomorrow to help me. And that's how we're building community here. Man, you, you had sexual, and I'm not saying every single person there was engaged in this stuff, obviously, okay? But you, you, know, you, have, you, you go back and you watch, and they're talking about how free love was. Sexual encounters, people right out in the open where nobody even exchanges names. This is what I want you to hear, okay? What people said three days after Woodstock was, man, I wish we could go back. It was utopia. It was heaven on earth. And it's like, man, it was hell. You say, well, that, that's, that's 80, you know, whatever, that's 40 years ago. Okay, well, what about Mardi Gras <laughs> every single year? People go there because it's heaven, it's hell. It's, fo it's foolishness or wisdom. Ultimate manifestation, ultimate manifestation. You say, okay, well, you're talking about big parties and all that. Well, how many of us right now today are gonna go home this very afternoon and absolutely use our words to tear each other's lives apart? We're gonna live in the chaos of venting our anger fully, of not, of not checking that at all, of not being the one where the honor belongs that can stop a dam from breaking. This is all just different proverb type stuff. We're gonna tear each other down. We're gonna look at the scripture and say, God, we do not believe that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and we're gonna kill each other with our words. <clears throat> Why would people choose heaven? They choose hell every single day. Man, they, they, they choose to walk in a pornography addiction or they choose that they're gonna say, man, this abuse or they choose to be addicted to the praise of man or they choose to think, man, the thing that I will chase with my life is not God himself, but his trinkets and, and toys and things that he gives me, things that I can accumulate on this earth. Why would we wake up in the next life and all of a sudden think, man, this was, we're choosing today. And that's what the scripture is talking about. This is what the Bible is getting us to see. And I want you guys to see it today. You know, what Bible, you know what the Bible says about hell? This is what Jesus says in Matthew 5, really quickly. He says, whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Well, what does that mean? 
You know what that means? If you go back in the Old Testament, the word hell comes from the word Gehenna, which comes from Jeremiah chapter 7, the Valley of Hinnom. Jeremiah is a very life-oriented book. And in Jeremiah chapter 7, the most, maybe, the pinnacle of rebellion in the Old Testament was the children of God taking their children to be sacrificed on the altar to false gods. That happened in Jeremiah chapter 7. Why does Jesus, why does the New Testament pick up this word for hell? You go back to the greatest rebellion, the greatest manifestation of rebellion, and that's hell itself. And what the Bible is telling us in verse 31 is that you will eat the fruit of your way for eternity. There aren't but two paths. I got to move here. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. Guys, there are two paths today. I'm not telling you which one to choose because of where you're scared or which one to choose because of what you don't like. You don't settle for heaven. You don't settle for wisdom. You don't settle for God in this kingdom. My question today is, man, which one do you love? Some of you are like, man, there's areas in my life that need to come in more conformity with what I have chosen to love. And others of you need to make a choice today. And I want to give both of you that opportunity. Here's the application for this weekend. Choose wisdom today. All right. Choose wisdom today. Whether you're here at Providence or you're at Northeast, man, make a choice. I don't think we want to hear it this way, but this is the reality. In this life, we are given a chance to demonstrate which eternity we truly desire. What is our life demonstrating? What is it? Now, look, for the Christian some of you that are believers today, you're like, man, my life, I, there are areas in my life that are jacked up. Guess what? There's areas in my life that are jacked up too. And you know what that is? It's foolishness. It's choosing foolishness even though we have been given such a great gift in wisdom. But here's the deal. This is what you got to hear, believer. Man, do you want your life to greater conform to the path of wisdom that takes us to the destination of heaven? Man, do you want that in greater ways than you have it right now? The answer for you and the answer for me, because there are ways in my life too that I'm even thinking about right now where my flesh grabs me and drags me toward foolishness. I'll give you one, all right? I thought about this the other day. Man, when I see, for example, I will see a movie trailer for a movie that does not espouse what is good and virtuous. Man, it is, it is something that is evil or something that is uh, v- wickedly violent or something like that. There are times where my flesh will pine and say, man, I would love to see that movie. And you know what's going on? I'm wanting to set my eyes before evil. My heart is drawn even though God and his path of wisdom that takes us to its ultimate manifestation is over here. I am in my flesh being drawn to something that is over here. Maybe there's something that's coming out in your mind. Maybe there's something in the darkness. Maybe there's gambling. Maybe there's a thing with money. Maybe there's a thing with your, uh, maybe there's a thing that only you and your spouse are aware of right now, but man, it, it needs to come out, but you're trying to put it in the darkness. I don't know what it would be. There's something that is out of character with where you are as a believer. Man, how do you come back in greater conformity with the path that you have chosen? I'm gonna tell you what. It's not about trying harder and doing better. It's not about being very, very afraid today that if you keep messing up, God's gonna kick you out of the family. <laughs> Fear will give you short-term results, okay? Man, what you need to do today is maybe you and I both, we need to realize if you're a believer that God in his path, man, that, that there are times our flesh pulls us away and yet because of what Christ has done, even though you might be in the midst of sin last week, last night, last month, God looks upon you and if you are in Christ, he sees a person with two feet planted firmly on the path of wisdom. Not because of you, but because of what Christ has done. Jesus has come and take the penalty for all of our sin. And Jesus took our penalty and gave us his rewards for his righteousness. 
You know what that does to me, man? It should light our heart on fire for love. Can you imagine that God is looking at you right now with all the foolishness that you have manifested in your life, and he is saying, no, 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 because of Christ, I see you as eternally and ultimately wise. I see you as walking that path, walking all the way in to my arms. Man, that is something that fires me up. I hope it fires you up. I hope it gives us a little better motivation today than just fear. Man, let's fall back in love with the God who has loved us that greatly. But for others of you here today, all right, man, you're like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not really there. I'm not a believer. Like I said, there's probably dozens here at Northeast as well. And there's probably people that are like, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite a believer yet. I'm still kind of hanging around. If that's where you are, there's probably two categories, okay, of where you're at. The first category is this. Man, you're not quite a believer yet. You, you're not able to say, like I've tried to say, like many are here today, like Paul would say, there are times when I don't do the thing that I want to do, all right, or the thing that I do is what I don't want to do, right? There, you, you're not able to say that. You're not able to say 30,000 feet, I love wisdom, I love God, I've trusted with my heart. You're not a believer yet. There's two camps, okay? The first one is this. There's two camps. One of them is you're here today and you're saying, man, nothing about what you're saying is quickening my spirit. Nothing about what you're saying, Andrew, is making me want to love God, love heaven. Like you're talking about submission to authority and obedience to parents and orderliness and the slow path to wealth. And you're talking about, you know, uh, the God's view for sexuality and just all this stuff. And you're like, man, that stuff kind of feels boring. It sort of feels like hell to me. It doesn't feel like heaven. And here's what I want you to hear from me today. There is nothing I can do to shake that out of you. It's like, man, do I try to start preaching a real hell, hell is hot kind of sermon right now? No, because nobody goes to heaven because they were scared of hell. Maybe you get waking up to some eternal realities, but you end up in heaven because you gave your life to Christ and you trusted him to make you a lover of what is good. All right? So I want you to hear very clearly, like, I, there's nothing I can do. What you need to do if you're in that camp, and I mean, you're at a great place to do it, is to keep coming around because nobody's judging you for that. Man, this is a church that loves you. Man, they want you to keep leaning in, and they're praying that God's going to get a hold of your soul. All right, so man, keep leaning in, keep being in group, keep coming around. You're in a friendly environment, man. People love you here, and just keep coming, all right? But that second, that second group, some of you guys are in a position where the things that I am talking about today, man, you're like, dude, my heart is starting to beat fast, and, and I feel like God is calling me. And if he's calling you today, then today is the day that you need to come. If he is calling you to himself, if he is calling you to say, hey, you're not sure, you're not sure if what I've called heaven is heaven, but do you trust me and do you trust my character and can you trust that what I have for you is good? And some of you guys are feeling pretty drawn to that today. Man, don't slam the door on that. You know why? Because there's absolutely, you have no, there's two reasons. Number one, you have no idea if you are gonna be here tomorrow. Life is a vapor, you have no clue, okay? Ah, I'll come tomorrow. No, 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 you come when God calls. You have no idea if he's gonna call you tomorrow, if, if you're gonna be here tomorrow. The second reason is you have no idea if God's gonna call you in the same way that he's calling you today, tomorrow. You know how I know that? Because there are people in this room right now that I'm talking and preaching as hard as I can about heaven and hell and their heart's not beating fast and they're feeling nothing. How do you know that won't be you tomorrow? You keep slamming that door, slamming that door, slamming that door. What happens if one day you wake up and God has Romans 1 giving you over to a reprobate mind? Now, there's a lot of different scriptures we could go into with that. But man, if he, my point is this. If he's calling you today, 
man, then you need to come today, all right? Today is the day of salvation, and you can trust this God. You can trust him with heaven because you can see his love for you. Here's the gospel in a, sna- in a snapshot. If you wanna trust him today, here's what you trust. You trust that your sin separated you from God and sent you on to a boundless eternity of hell, eternal death, all of that, but yet God stepped in and sent his son to this earth, and his son came to this earth and lived a life that you didn't live, died a death that you deserved, And in his resurrection gives you the opportunity to walk with him in the newness of life. Now, this is the gospel. From Proverbs 1, here's what I would say. Jesus ate the fruit of our way so that we could eat the fruit of his. Jesus took the penalty of our sin so that we could have the rewards for his righteous life well lived. And man, when we put our faith in him, God clothes us in his righteousness and he sees us as one that even though our flesh at times pulls us, we have never walked off that path of wisdom. I pray that many of you today would come and pray to receive Christ. And actually, I'm gonna go ahead and do that now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute? Man, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Man, if you put your notes away for just a minute uh, here, I got a couple minutes left here and I just wanna lead you in this. Um, Listen, if you're today and you're realizing Man, God, you, you're waking me up. You're drawing me to yourself. Then today is the day of salvation for you if you would trust this gospel message. The gospel message is received in a very simple way. This is a conglomeration of scriptures through the book of Romans, admit, believe, and confess. Man, you admit that you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus has done everything necessary to save you, and you confess him as the Lord of your life. If you want to pray to receive Christ today and set your feet on the wise path, give him your heart and trust him to make you a lover of what is good, then you just pray this prayer with me in your heart. I'll pray it out loud. You say something like this. Father, I come before you, and I pray right now, Lord, that you would save me. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've walked in foolishness. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve heaven, but I believe that Jesus Christ on the cross took the penalty of my sin in his resurrection, gave me the opportunity for a new life. I believe that his spirit will come into me. And Father, I believe in what he has done. I confess him as the Lord of my life, and I will follow him all of the days of my life. Father, I pray for this group that's here. I pray for Uh, the, the, The other campus as well, Lord, I just ask that people would yield and submit their life to you even in this moment. Lord, I pray that heaven would rejoice because of what you have done here today. In Christ's name we pray, amen.